Who is the most irreplaceable red on this roster? Nick Crawls put a deep pull of talent together, but there's one guy that I think the Reds would have a hard time replacing if he has an extended uh, absence. We'll talk about who that is on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that love for the game, that love of the Reds, and we have turned it into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are live. It is Aloha Friday, and we have a show for you. We are going to be talking about exactly who we think is the most irreplaceable Red, and I, Jeff almost said some really crazy things there in the the opener, if you guys saw that he caught himself and did not say the I word, uh, I did. I was laughing over here, Jeff. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about TJ Antone because a lot of you guys were a, a little myth that we left him out of our bullpen discussion uh, earlier this week. So we're going to dig into that and talk about why exactly we did that and, and what we think about TJ Antone. Uh, and of course, we're going to put you all in the driver's seat, taking your questions and comments along the way before we get in. To any of that, we're going to shout out the sponsor of today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. All right, Jeff, where do you want to start? Do we want to talk TJ Antone, or do we want to get into the most irreplaceable red? Let's do the irreplaceable red because uh, I've got some thoughts on TJ Antone, but I think this is kind of where I want to take today's episode because I was looking at this and we've talked a lot about this over the last couple of weeks, especially since Frankie Montas was signed that Nick crawl has done a fantastic job building a deep roster. There is a lot of talent with which the reds can pull from David bell can build some very fun lineups. He can really do a lot with the bullpen. The starting rotation has five better options, but there's like six, seven, eight guys that they can choose from. It's, it's really awesome to see, but when it comes to, you know, the season as a whole, who is the most irreplaceable red? Because you immediately go to the talented guys. You go to Ellie, you go to Matt McClain, you go to Hunter Green. You maybe even think of Andrew Abbott or guys like this. The Reds actually have some guys that can fill in in a pretty admirable and good way. If one of those guys gets hurt, I'm talking about one. I'm not talking about if all of them, get, if all of them get hurt, we have a whole different discussion. But if one guy goes down, that one guy cannot be Spencer steer. And here's why they move Spencer steer into the outfield for a couple of different reasons. They have a glut of infield talent. There's a lot of guys who can really play baseball at a high level for the reds on the infield and they need outfielders. Plus they want to get his bat in the lineup any way they can. They don't want Spencer steer to be a, a part-time guy. He deserves to be an everyday player. Best way to do that is in the outfield because, and this is a huge reason why I have Spencer steer on this, Steve, who, there's only one, who is the only other right-handed outfielder on the 40-man roster with Major League Baseball experience? Stuart Fairchild. Stuart Fairchild. And don't get me wrong, in a pinch, he can fill in very admirably. But if he's got to do it two, three, four weeks in a row, 
I don't feel really good about that. So if Spencer Steer goes down, there's not a ready-made replacement. Plus, if you think about any of the other guys that get hurt, the reason that you're okay, not okay with it, but the reason that the Reds roster can kind of fill that hole is because of Spencer Steer. So if he goes down, the Reds have a lot of problems on their hands. Spencer Steer is a good pick, and and all of your arguments do make sense. And I'm going to give you a different name here in a minute, but let's let's talk about Spencer Steer a, a little bit and just what he meant to this team last year. Uh, he played in 156 games, Jeff. I mean, he was pretty much out there all of the time. Uh, he managed to amass 665 plate appearances uh, during his time offensively. 23 home runs, 86 RBIs, slash line. 271, 356, 464. That would be a big loss. And then defensively to, to replace him would be a problem because you're right. The only other right-handed bat is in fact, Stuart Fairchild, who is in, in my estimation, he's okay. He is a four a type of outfielder guy. He's a good yeah. spare part to have around. Uh, I, I think you're right. It would be a big loss if the Reds did not have Spencer Steer available to them for a, a long period of time. Here, where I'm going to disagree with you that he's the most irreplaceable uh, is I'm going to stick with the outfield, but I'm going to tell you that it's TJ Friedel. And that may surprise you because you think, well, he's not in that list, right? He's not in that uh, phenom rookie class that we keep talking about but here's why he's the most irreplaceable number one you lose a guy that's the ultimate disruptor from the top of the lineup you're not going to be able to just stick anybody else in there and get that same type of disruption both in the batter's box and on the base pass you're not going to be able to just stick somebody else in there and not have to juggle the rest of the lineup uh, a loss of Friedel would impact almost everybody in the lineup uh, and then let's talk the real reason why he's the most irreplaceable and that's defensively because to replace TJ Friedel in center field with the roster as it's currently constructed, you need two guys. You're not going to be able to just stick somebody in center field and have them play every day. Uh, there's nobody else. That's an everyday outfielder. Everybody else that you would stick out there would need to be a platoon. Even if you, if you move Fraley over there, you need the right-handed half of it. If you move Benson, you need the right-handed half of it. So you need two guys to replace him in the field. You can't just replace him in the lineup. You would have to move everybody around. You know, I call him all the time, the great disruptor. He would be the great disruptor if he was unavailable for a long period of time for this red lineup. Very disruptive to the Reds. Yes, absolutely. I, I do agree with that. And I think that part of our arguments are actually the same when it comes to how you replace that guy, because you could move Jake Fraley to left field, no problem, but it's when lefties are on the mound that you have the biggest issue. And we, and we always get the pushback of, well, why don't they give them more opportunities against lefties? That's not the way the league moves anymore. You mitigate the amount of weak spots that a player has to, has to go against. Like it, Fraley and Benson both have shown in very small sample sizes, but they have shown no ability to hit lefties in any form or fashion. So the Reds are not just going to simply do that. They might have to do that. They might be forced to do that if Nick Crawl doesn't go out and get some sort of like league minimum type bench guy who's a right-handed outfield bat. Because especially if you're talking about TJ Friedel, TJ Friedel does something that no other left-hander does in the outfield, and that is he hits lefties well. In fact, his splits are kind of reversed. He hits lefties better than righties. But his defensive prowess out there is so important because I think really the only guy I would feel comfortable replacing him with is Jake Fraley, and then we get back to the whole left-handed pitching conversation. So I think that 
it, it, it's it's definitely a worthy point. And then the lineup thing as well. There's plenty of fast guys on this team. There's plenty of decent contact guys on this team. But there's nobody that I trust to disrupt the game with a bunt more than TJ Friedel. In fact, I, I, I think I'm going to go in with the the belief that I don't want anyone else bunting other than TJ Friedel this year. And really, it's only to just be a disruptor. I don't even know about sacrifice bunts, but that's a whole nother conversation. I, I agree with your point as to why TJ Friedel is up there. Uh, I just I, I think that the lineup can absorb him in a different way, but you definitely would have to change the way that the lineup looks without him on it. It's a fair argument. And we both picked outfielders, which is interesting because I think it also it something is that they don't have correct. They didn't go out and get anybody. So they're going to have to create an outfielder. And, uh, you know, it could be Jonathan India, could be CES, could be Noel V. Marte. Uh, they're going to have to create an outfielder. And I hope that that happens. If they do, if we get through Goodyear and somebody has established themselves as a viable right-handed uh, platoon partner for the outfield, then the loss of either one of those guys becomes a little easier to absorb, yeah. especially if, you know, you're talking about, well, we move, we'll use CES as an example. One CES is just playing right field now and Candelario is at first and Noel is at third. And, you know, that's not a bad lineup. I think we can all live with that. But yeah, uh, if, if that doesn't happen, then the Reds got big problems if anybody gets tweaked. Well, and, and that's the other part of this, too, is that it's like, yes, I would love it if that happens. And I think this roster is really strong if that happens. But the key part of this is if that happens, we I, I, I don't think we can count on that. And as much as we've been talking about it, like saying, hey, Marte or CES and right field would be a lot of fun. Neither one of us is sitting here saying that's exactly what they should do. And that's exactly what's going to work. We hope that that would work. That shouldn't be Nick Crawl's roster plan. I, I, I think that there's still probably not necessarily a minor move, but minor as opposed to, you know, they're not going to go out and sign Teoscar Hernandez, but they could go out and they get like a Michael A. Tucker or, you know, maybe they get a um, Michael A. Turner, Turner or Tucker. I just blanked on his name. Um, or, or they go and they get that level of player. They're not going to get a guy that costs a bunch and is going to require a press conference. It's going to be a guy that sits on the bench and comes off the bench for him. So that's, I think that's really where we get is, Screwing up the names is my bit. And, and before we get out of this segment, Jeff, we both have talked about outfielders. We've talked about position players all the way around. Uh, neither one of us went pitching, but Pierre checks in in the, the comments over here and says, mm. that being said, uh-huh. Alexis Diaz is the most irreplaceable red. Uh, just quickly, your thoughts on Alexis Diaz being the most irreplaceable red, because I think there's an argument to this. Pierre's got a point, and I I really did think about picking him. My only thought is my belief on relief pitching, it's a very fickle thing, and somebody could easily step up. Now, they won't be the same level. Like I have said before, Fernando Cruz had a better strikeout rate and a better walk rate than Alexis Diaz had last year. But, I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable with Fernando Cruz being slotted into Alexis Diaz's role. I think it would be more of a committee approach that the Reds would be able to replace him with, and that's what a lot of teams have done. That's why the the bona fide closers like I always think of Eric Gagne the Eric Gagne's of the past are few and far between like if you name the top five closers in baseball right now it's kind of hard because there's not there's like one two maybe three guys that deserve to be at the top of that list but you can make a bona fide argument for the rest of the uh, 27 closers after that I, I I see an argument 
for it being Alexis Diaz, just because of the innings the bullpen would have to absorb, the the yeah. high leverage situations somebody else would have to be used in, uh, and I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure who that would be. I think you're right. It would be a committee, uh, but somebody would pitch the innings. Somebody would become the next high leverage guy. Somebody would somebody would step up and be that next guy. But it would be a big blow to the bullpen. There there is some Pierre. There's some real validity in that comment. I mean, it you know any of the guys we mentioned today, whether it's Spencer Steer, whether it's C.J. Friedel, whether it's Alexis Diaz, uh, any of those type of players, where there's not a clearly defined replacement, would really really would make it difficult. And there's a name that we haven't mentioned when it comes to the possibility of replacing Alexis Diaz. We haven't mentioned him at all when we're talking about the bullpen here recently. And there's a very big reason as to why TJ Antone has been out of our discussions as of late. We'll tell you what that is coming up next. It is the final week of the NFL season, and there is so much to be had over on FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now and get started. New users who place a $5 wager can get $150 in bonus bets back. That's right. Win or lose. Money lines, uh, point spreads, over-unders. If you want to do a prop bet and throw 5 bucks on it, you get 150 bucks back if you're a new user. Go to fanduel.com slash lockdown right now. You can throw five dollars on a future. Now, I do believe that the bet has to like end for you to get the $150. So I wouldn't recommend placing a five dollar money line bet on the Reds winning or a five dollar bet on the Reds winning the division because then you'll have to wait until after they win the division to get that 150 bucks. But at, that's still at plus 450. I'd go check it out. FanDuel.com slash locked on. New users can take advantage of this promo. $5 bets, get them $150 back. Guaranteed. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL, and they're the official sports book of Locked On. Locked On has created the first ever national 24 7 streaming channel. It's Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Go check it out. Subscribe to it right now. You've got the local experts like me and Steve and uh, other teams as well. And you've got the national experts on the national shows and stuff like that talking about the biggest stories each and every day. That's Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Go subscribe to the first ever national sports streaming channel, Locked On Sports Today. And coming up next week, we will continue uh, the Reds' road to spring training and taking a look at this roster as most of the big moves are done. Could the Reds add, and and I looked it up just to make sure that I got the name wrong, and I did get the name wrong. I got the other names wrong, too. It's Michael A. Taylor, not not Tucker Turner. I don't know what I was talking about there, but, yeah, I think I'd go get him. Uh, <laughs> that's that's looking real good on my part. But let's let's jump into a name that we haven't mentioned because when we talked about the, the pitching hierarchy, the 13 pitchers that the Reds could have on opening day, we even mentioned – outside candidates we mentioned names that we'll see throughout the year we did not say tj antone in any capacity and there's been a lot of people that have been like yo why didn't he even mention tj antone here's the thing with that our premise was we were we were we were not talking about injuries we were we were saying that everybody was healthy everybody's ready to go i still think even in that reality i've got to see tj antone on a mound before I can kind of count him in these plans because of everything that he's gone through over the last couple of years. Yeah, that that's where I was when, when we talked about considering everybody's healthy, I, I don't listen. 
I don't view TJ Antone as a viable piece of this team right now. Um, that's not a knock against TJ Antone. Listen, if you've been following him at all on social media, uh, through the course of these Tommy John rehabs, he has posted videos of him you know, trying to get back. He has been busting his butt. Uh, nothing, nothing short of miraculous. The fact that he was able to come back from the second Tommy John last year and actually get on a big league mound. Now I know the Reds shut him down and there's some question as to whether or not they shut him down just in an abundance of caution because uh, of his history, or if he was in fact just that hurt that he had to be shut down. Uh, the, the, the fact is this with TJ Antone in his career now, uh, going back to 2020, his rookie season, uh, he pitched 13 games in 2020. Um, of course, that was the COVID year, smaller set of games available. Uh, in 2021, he managed 23 games for a total of 33 innings. Tommy John did not pitch in 2022. 2023, he comes back and he's in five games. So we're talking about a player over a four-year span that's made it into 41 baseball games for a total of 74 innings. He is not a picture of reliability right now. And, and what I'm with you, Jeff, what needs to happen for me, what I need to see is I need him to go to Goodyear. I need him to get all the way through spring training. I need him to be a, the great disruptor and pitch like the guy that we all kind of think that he is and, and hope that he is when he's healthy. Uh, because again, two Tommy John's in, we're not quite sure who he is really. Uh, we've seen five games since the second Tommy John total of 5.2 innings. So I don't know that he's that guy for the bullpen. Uh, he really, in, in everyone's mind, I think, should be considered a, the great unknown, a, 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 a new addition even. And if he can go fight his way onto this roster and the Reds are going to have to make a move there, guys, uh, someone's got to go to make room for TJ Antone that we talked about in that bullpen episode. Uh, if he can do all of those things, then it's a great problem for the Reds to have because it means that TJ Antone is back and he's a force. And that's what I want to have happen. That's what I want to see happen. Uh, but I don't know that that's a realistic expectation right now heading into the 2024 baseball season. Yeah, I don't want it to seem as though we don't believe in his talent. We believe in his talent. I just don't know about the health. You mentioned the five appearances last year. His fifth appearance ended with him leaving with elbow soreness. And they said later it was more precautionary and had there been more time in the season, he probably would have returned. We don't know. I mean, that's a very nice way to put it. I just know this dude's had two Tommy Johns. He, he leaves his last appearance with some sort of elbow injury. However, minor I've got to see him throw this spring training before I count him in any sort of bullpen that the Reds might have, if they can get the old TJ Antone back. Great. I just don't know that that guy is there anymore. And, and what does TJ Antone look like now? Can TJ Antone pitch? Can he be healthy? That's what we got to find out first before we find out just how much of an impact that he can have on this Reds roster. And, and, and again, this is not meant as a slight on him, but as of right now, the Reds bullpen does not need him. It can function without him as it did for pretty much all of last year as well. So I, I think that he should be considered as the, the icing on top, like the, the added thing that if it works out, that's great, but the rest of it's still going to be okay if he's not able to go. And I just, right now, I, I don't put him in any sort of category as that I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I really want to see him healthy. I just don't know that that's going to happen. Um, before we move yeah. off of him, Jeff, a uh, little fun exercise. Who would you get rid of? Who would he replace in the Reds bullpen that we laid out? The, the bullpen that we laid out 
is Alexis Diaz, Emilio Pagan, Nick Martinez, Lucas Sims, Sam Mall, Ian Jabot, Buck Farmer, and then a spot for either Williamson, uh, Young, or Cruz. So there's that eighth spot. So so do you get rid of your innings guy, your 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 workhorse in Ian Jabot for TJ Antone, who you don't know how many innings. Again, he's never pitched more than 35 innings in his professional in his major league baseball career. So you'd be giving up 75 innings for 35 innings. Uh, do you give him that final roster spot, which means no Cruz, which means Williamson's in AAA, and which means Alex Young is in AAA, and there's only one lefty in the bullpen? Or do you get rid of somebody else? I think, and there might be a point to be made about that second lefty that I'll make here in just a few seconds, but I think you probably replace him with Jabot. Um I don't know that Jabot, I don't like, I, I would hope that Jabot can keep it up, but the whole workhorse mentality thing, like we have said, he's doubled his innings the last couple of years. I think there's a point where you, you kind of wonder if he's going to stay healthy through that. What? Later. I'll tell you later. All right. Um, <laughs> for, for me, Jeff, I, I, it's, that's, that's too big a gamble. Even if Antone has a healthy, healthy spring, you don't know what 35 innings plus once you cross that 35 inning mark, you don't know what that's going to look like on his arm, an arm that's been rebuilt twice. That's a big, big gamble on each out of options. So I, someone would pluck him. Yeah. Someone would take yeah. him away. So it's not like a piece you can bring back. So I think if you're going to do this, if TJ Antone is going to make the team, it probably is that eight spot, which means no Fernando Cruz which means no second lefty in Alex Young, and which means that Williamson, which we thought probably would already be at AAA, being a starter and being stretched out. So really it's a choice between having a second lefty or not, I think. And, and, and then I, I'd, I'd be okay with that, I guess. And I think that there's uh, a point to be made about Williamson definitely starting in AAA, and it's because the Reds actually just added, um, I believe it was yesterday, it was announced, a non-roster invitee left-handed relief pitcher in Justin Bruil who is really good against lefties. In fact, last year against left-handed pitching or against left-handed hitting, he had a 176 batting average against. Now it was, it was in not a lot of that bats, but he was just really able to limit those lefties. He has a K per nine against lefties of 9.31 last year. And he keeps the ball on the ground 58% of the time. Like he is a guy and, and it's small sample size but he's going to be a dark horse to make this bullpen instead. Like they, they could put him up against Alex young. Do you pick him over Alex young? How do they pitch in the spring? And then how does TJ Antone pitch in the spring? How does Fernando Cruz that last bullpen spot is going to be highly contested. Cause I think that the reds agree with you that they would not replace Ian Jabot with any one of those guys, at least not right out of the gate. So I'll be interested to see how that goes down. Plus Justin Bruil, if he does make the 40 man roster, has an option. So he could be a guy that goes in between Louisville and, and Cincinnati. But I think that what we are saying in all of this is this: whatever capacity that TJ Anton is able to, you know, produce for the Reds this season, it, it, it will be a very added benefit and should not be counted on. Yeah, that's probably a fair take. And, you know, coming up, we're going to put you, in the driver's seat. We're going to take your questions and comments. Uh, we'll talk more about TJ Antone. We'll talk more about this bullpen. We'll talk about all of the things that you guys want to talk about. And we're going to get to that right after this. Sometimes buying tickets to your favorite team's next game can be a hassle. 
Game Time does not want it to be that way. I love using the Game Time app because it's super easy to find the ticket that you want, the seat that you want, and find a good price there as well. In fact, if you look at it right now, the Bengals got their last home game this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns, and tickets are pretty cheap. Now, granted, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what's on the table as far as how good this game is going to be. But if you want to go to a Bengals game and you haven't been there just yet, tickets are as low as $37 on Game Time right now or if you want to get some cyclones tickets there's that dayton basketball xavier basketball cincinnati basketball cincinnati's got their first conference game coming up this saturday against byu in the big 12 so many different options on the game time app download it today to your phone and use the promo code lockdown mlb for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the way that I go to games, is the way that Steve goes to games. For Reds, it's perfect for the Red season because you can just pull up, get your parking spot, and then open up your game time app and see what last second deals they've got because they've got the last minute deals at the lowest price, guaranteed. Download the game time app and use the promo code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. You can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me on X because, as Jeff likes to say, we're X-Men now. Uh, you can follow me on X at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs because, as I tell you, spelling is hard for him. He went to Alabama and not that Alabama. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. There's no Fs in that, Jeff, uh, in case you were wondering. Did I make it better if I didn't go to that Alabama? Like, they're really it not. Might, it actually might. When I said it, I'm like, that might not be the dig. <laughs> that might not be the dig I'm intending it to be. Uh, also, if you want to see that Jeff can't actually spell and I'm just messing with him, head over to InsideTheReds.com. It's affiliated with Sports Illustrated. Jeff's writing over there about these Cincinnati Reds. I pop in from time to time, write about these Cincinnati Reds, along with James Rapine, Rick Uccino, uh, Audie Elmore. Great crew of guys over there uh, writing about Reds baseball, just like we talk about Reds baseball every day. Also, get on our Discord server. Great community over there. There's a link down in today's show description. We're talking Reds. There's a Bengals channel. There's off-topic channel. There's a Bash David Bell channel. There's It's not really a Bash David Bell channel, but it's David Bell discussion. Uh, there is all kinds of things. Immaculate Grid, we got it all covered. Check us out on Discord. All right, Jeff, it is time to put these folks in the driver's seat. And I wanted to start with this one because something you said uh, triggered a reply from Corey. Corey says he's in on Ellie getting some bunt hits. Uh, he drops a few down and starts to bring the infielders in. And then the more of his hard hit balls can get through the infield because he's drawn the infield in. Uh, if there is one other guy that could be a TJ Friedel type disruptor in this role, I think Ellie could be the guy, especially because of how fast he is. I mean, if he lays down even a semi good bunt, doesn't even have to be a perfect bunt, but a semi good bunt could probably get him to first. I do think we're going to get ourselves into that whole, you know, discussion. You know, remember when we had Billy Hamilton, but Ellie is a far better hitter than Billy Hamilton ever could have been. So I, I don't want it to seem as though if he strikes out, then everybody's immediately going to, well, why didn't he try to lay down a bunt there? Because Ellie can hit the ball to Kentucky. We've seen it happen. So I, I really think that this will be a strategic part of his game, much more so than in a rare part of his game, much more so than, you know, what TJ Friedel can do with it. But he's got the ability to do it. I, I definitely believe that. 
you and I talk a lot about spring training and statistics and they don't mean anything. And it's guys getting their work this year, starting to feel a little bit different. And Carrie says spring training is going to be fun to watch musical chairs for positions. Guys are going to be trying out all different kinds of places to play. There's going to be a battle for making that, that eighth bullpen spot. There's going to be a battle for the starting rotation. And, and I use that comment in that to ask you this, Jeff, uh, we always talk about how the spring training statistics really don't matter. Do they matter this year? Or is it more about the eye test? Is it more about how a guy looks in as in his four innings of work as a starter or how he looks coming out of the bullpen? Cause again, those guys are facing a lot of minor league hitters that are not going to be in major league baseball. So, you know, there was that one year where Amir Garrett struck out every single batter that he faced in spring training. And then the season did not quite go that way to say the least. So, so what do you make of this? How, how do you do these? How do you do these evaluations when you're putting, you know, major league guys that should be striking that guy out uh, in a minor league situation and then using it to see whether or not a guy makes the roster? It's eye test. Like you can kind of ascribe a few statistics, but even then it's got to be with, a hundred grains of salt because think about the spring trainings that Joseph Daniel Votto had in his career. None of them were impressive. Think of the spring trainings that Niftali Soto had in his career. They were very impressive. And he himself, you, you probably had to go look up that name whenever I said Neftali Soto, because he didn't really do that much for the Reds in the regular season. Spring training statistics are a lot of fluff. And even if you're talking about pitching, like, they're going to be watching velocity. They're going to be watching pitch placement. They're going to be seeing how they're able to move it throughout the zone. They're not talking about strikeouts and walks and homers and hits and things like that when it comes to spring training and how it's going to be evaluated. Plus, they're also going to evaluate them, you know, during practice and on the backfields and things like that. So there's going to be stuff that not even we're privy to on television that I, I think that is the the one percent surface level that we see and the rest of the evaluation is the 99 percent below that level of why you've got you know former players coming to be like advisors and scouts and things like that to help them out in spring training because they need people that have that baseball experience and can understand what it looks like on the field who's looking the best that's the guy that's going to win out this comment uh what happens if steer doesn't pick up left field how we expect do the Reds have a backup plan? Um, well, I think the Reds have seen enough of Spencer Steer in left field to say that he's going to be the left fielder. Uh, if he doesn't improve at all, I think he plays left field at a level they're comfortable with. I don't think that any of us are really comfortable with it, but we would accept it to keep Steer's bat in the lineup every day. Uh, that being said, I don't see any scenario where he doesn't get better in left field than he was. I mean, he was learning it on the fly. I know that he has spent time this off season working on being a better left fielder, being a better outfielder. Uh, so there's, there's just not a scenario for me where he comes back and it has not improved in, in the defensively. I think that the reds have taken a position that if we can get your bat in the lineup, we'll find a spot for you to play. And that's kind of been their position for as long as I can remember because Adam Dunn played left field. Now, granted, Adam Dunn really couldn't have played many positions defensively, but his bat dictated that he plays somewhere because you were keeping him in the lineup every single day. Spencer Steer 
is going to be the Reds everyday left fielder. I think come hell or high water. The the only thing with this is I I do think that the Reds have no backup plan if he doesn't work out, but I think not working out would also entail that he's not hitting. And I just don't see him not hitting. I think he is too smart of a hitter to go through a very prolonged slump that we look at and we say, Spencer steer the guy. Cause I think he's the guy. All right. For the audio only folks, uh, video guys stay here. We're going to keep going uh, for the audio folks. That is going to do it for this edition of locked on reds coming up in just a bit in your feeds. There will be a bonus episode. That is the Q and a, uh, the remainder of this live edition of Locked on Reds. Thank you all so much for being here and making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up next week. We're going to continue to dig through this roster and these positions and and sort out who's going to be where and how it's going to work and who who has the best potential to learn new positions. We're going to dig into all of those things while continuing to monitor the waivers and the rumors and see if Nick Crawl makes any other minor moves that may strengthen a few of these areas that we still think need a little bit of strengthening. Uh, we're going to gather up all that information, bring it back here to keep you locked on Reds every single day.